Welcome back to the Plugin for More podcast. In today's episode, we're going to talk about a handful of news stories. We're going to hit on the Mustang Mach-E recall, the Tesla Cybertruck updates, and Bryant gets new tires for his EV6. This particular intro went off the rails when we recorded it together. We got interrupted by Renee, Bryant's wife, and I uh, hope you enjoy her contributions to our podcast. Also, when you get a chance, please rate and review our show wherever it is that you're listening to your podcasts. Those reviews do help us immensely, and we love to see your comments and suggestions for future episodes. Enjoy. Welcome to Plug In For More, brought to you by EVUniverse.com. EVUniverse is your one-stop shop for all things related to the electric vehicle. Here on this podcast, our goal is to educate, inspire, and hopefully make your transition into the electric vehicle marketplace a lot less intimidating. And now, here are your hosts, Mike, Tom, and Bryant. Oh, wait, wait, what's going on here? We have a special guest. Oh, so special. Oh my we goodness. Can we rock the Maki? Can we rock the on your up the Maki story for a second? Sure. So Renee had a fascinating drive home last night. She drove home behind the new Rivian SUV, and right in front of that was the EV Hummer. So I wanted to invite her on the podcast to get her reflections around which one she liked the best. And we all know that she loved that EV Hummer like to death. But now that she's seen the Rivian uh, RS1 in person, R- like following R- oh R1S, come on, it's got bad headlights. Everyone knows this. You know, I've got you know the the truck, but oh, was, sorry, sorry, Mike, that hurts my soul. It's just bad headlights. So anyway, uh, Renee, what what were your thoughts following those vehicles for 20 miles last night? My thoughts are I like them both. They're great. So the neighbor has the Hummer, which is pretty exciting that it's a neighbor like right there, right around the corner. So I don't know this neighbor at all, but I'm yet. Exactly. Who just said that, Tom? Okay, you are my new best friend. Yes. So yet because we're going to be acquainted because I want to take that one for a ride. Um, Yeah. Last podcast, Tom was definitely not your friend at all. I mean, you no offense, Renee, but you're jumping friends like, like crazy here. I mean, I don't know. I do that. It's it's all right. All right. Yeah. He's never been very nice before. So this is, this is good trend. We'll set this up. We'll keep this going. All right. Um, Anywho, yeah, it, that thing is sweet. You all know I've been wanting a Hummer ever since I knew they were coming out as an EV. I love that thing. But I was pleasantly surprised by the um, the Rivian SUV following that home. I know not a whole lot about it, but by the looks of it, it was pretty sweet. Um, I did tell Mike through text, or maybe I was thinking it, I can't remember, but the headlights don't bother me that much. That's what uh, I think a lot of people with the SUV are more comfortable with the overall look versus the truck. And it seems like they're they're more popular. I mean, I, in, in North Carolina, they're everywhere now. I, mean, I see them a couple times a day. Of course, I was following it. So I saw the rear more the entire way. Um, but it was pretty it was really sharp looking um, overall. I thought, it, yeah, I'd be happy with that as well bryant i think that you should get both yeah you deserve both this is great we are best friends now right i i know this i support you and your endeavors to 
have multiple EVs. Thank you. I have one more question for Renee. There's new tires on EV6. Did you know that? Did I know that? Well, I knew you were getting them. Have I noticed any sound change in the vehicle or anything like that? Have I noticed any difference? No. So that's good, right? That's good. We'll talk about the tires in a minute, but I was just curious. I did not prompt her with that question. That was that was right out of the blue. It's a great question. It's a really good question. Hard hitting. Yes. And when Bryant only goes 25 miles an hour, that's probably why you don't hear or feel any difference. Wait, you know that about him? Yeah, I, I grew up with him. I know. Like, I'm so serious. He yells at me all the time. I know. What, what for going the speed limit? I know. It's difficult, but... For going the speed limit, yes. I have to defend myself. She's going like 85, and the range is like dropping off a cliff. And that's what I'm talking to her about. Don't go 85. That's too fast. But my point is, what is the point of having an EV then if you can't go the speed that it was made for? Like, that's just lame. If you Don't worry, Renee. It, we can cut out Brian's comments. No one will hear that. So it just it frustrates me so much. That's like that's the whole thing with EVs. I could talk more people into them if we could just get all of them a little bit more to their range. I think there's a guy at work who gives me crap every day about EVs, but I finally had him admit today that if more of them had a bigger range, he'd be all for it. All right. All right. Thanks. <laughs> Anything Thank else for me? It was, it was good to see you. Yes. <laughs> I'm sure it was. Anytime. Okay, I'll leave it to you. <laughs> All right, see ya. Wow. So that happened. Where do we go from there? <laughs> I don't know. Well, <laughs> it's your life. <laughs> so, Bryant, I know that you've got those new tires that Renee mentioned, those cross climate. What do you think? It's Michigan in the fall. So, we haven't hit, you know, you haven't got any snow yet, but. Do you like them louder, better road feel? What do you think? Yeah, so I we did a poll on our uh, key EV6 Facebook group that we that we manage, and there's a lot of tire thrown tires thrown out there. The original tires I have in my car have twenty six thousand miles on them. They're the Kumos that come with the vehicle, specifically filled with um, foam for EVs to keep them quiet. So the highest recommendation from our Facebook poll was the Michelin Cross Climate Two. They have a good, and I did a, then I did a ton of reviewing. They really are supposed to do good in the winter, um, but they're not a full winter tire. So I've had them a week. I've only put about 400 miles on them. Um, but I would say so far, I'm actually very surprised. Um, they're not an EV-specific tire, but they're an EV-compatible tire. So I'd say if, listener, if you're looking at tires, make sure it's EV-compatible. That, I think, will help cut down the noise. But they're very, very quiet. I don't notice a difference between them and the stock OEMs. Um, the traction in wet is way better. We haven't had snow yet. Um, and the range has not been affected. In fact, like these ones I'm actually optimistic because Volvo uses these on their EVs. Um, so that made me more comfortable. I'm taking a thousand mile road trip this week to Indianapolis. So after that, I'll be able to report back a full uh, range impact, if any, and road noise at 7580. But as of this week, four or 500 miles on them. I think they're killer. I highly, highly recommend them. Very cool. Awesome. So we, we are all aware of Mike's multiple reservations for the Cybertruck. And I know that you're anxiously awaiting some sort of idea or some sort of notification that yours is getting delivered or configured or something, but where are you at with it? 
Well, that's a good question. So let's talk about how the reservations are being handled or supposedly being handled and what order and that kind of thing. Because that's been a, a big thing that some companies are putting out um, different lists of you know where you stand on your reservation number and that kind of thing. So um, it's really when those came out, they or the reservations opened up, everyone got their reservation number. And it looks like there's well over a million reservations of those things. So where you on, where you are in line really matters if you're hoping to get it soon, um, especially because the production is not going to be anywhere near the demand for the next few years. So, you know, if you want one soon, either you're going to have to really pay up on the aftermarket or hopefully you're early on in the line. Now, there's a couple different tools out there and I'm not going to name names, but they you know supposedly say, you know, when you're going to get your vehicle um, based on a, a couple factors. If it's anything like the Model 3 rollout or what I'm hearing from internal and Tesla, Tesla employees currently, that is not going to be the case. You can take those um, those calculators is out and just kind of throw them away. So there's a couple different things that are going to impact when you get your vehicle. One is where you are in your reservation, you know, your reservation number. Number two is if it's like Model 3, if you have a previous Tesla, if you currently own one, um, where you are in the um, geographical area versus where they're going to distribute these things, because they're not going to send a truck just one at a time out to, you know, some random place. They're going to go to service centers. And obviously from there, they're going to do full truck loads. So where the most demand is, and also probably closer to Texas, where these things are coming from. And finally, it's also the configuration. And so all those things combined, trying to figure out if someone already has a Tesla, where that factors in and how Tesla is truly going to roll these out by a geographical area. And if there's other criteria that they have in there, um, I think it's really anyone's guess when you're going to get that. I've got some pretty early reservation numbers, but being in North Carolina, I'm not that far from Texas. I'm a lot closer than people in California, but I don't think I'm going to get mine super, super early. Um, I mean, technically, I'm in the first 15,000 or so um, reservations, but you know, time will tell. I'm just saying, if you look at those calculators online, take it with a huge grain of salt and look at it as maybe something fun, but it's not going to be not going to be really accurate. So cool. uh, I listened to Tesla's earnings call on Wednesday, Q3 earnings call, recording this in late October. I want to just throw this out there. <laughs> this is a quote from... From Musk, we dug our own grave with a cyber truck. <laughs> it's one of those special products that comes along only once in a while, and special products that come along only once in a long time are just incredibly difficult to bring to market to reach volume to be prosperous. And then he continued on to talk about I want to temper expectations for the launch, which will be on November 30th. Um, he he talked about there's going to be enormous cha enormous challenges reaching volume. With the Cybertruck, because of all of the technology and then the shape of the vehicle, and then obviously you know, all the components of the vehicle, and obviously it being stainless steel. So I think you're right, Mike. I think obviously um, it's, it's going to launch, and there'll be vehicles out there. But I think Musk did a good job warning investors, like, "Hey, this thing's not going to be like, you know, the Model X or Model Y that's producing thousands and thousands of these things a week or a month." Yeah. And as far as warning investors, I mean, the the, top, the stock took a huge tank this morning. So, um, you know, just <laughs> warn them all you, you like, it's still going to hurt the stock. So, um, you know, mm -hmm. we'll, we'll see you know, long term. I'd still think the, the future is really bright for Tesla. But <clears throat> yeah, their, their stock did not like that. Um, 
that earnings call at all. And obviously they were retooling plants and that sort of thing. And that obviously impacted their overall production numbers. Um, the Highland, the Model 3 Highland um, update coming out. And obviously we have the probably the, the Model Y doing the same thing in the near future too. So um, lots of things impacting that for sure. Yep, I would agree. So Tom, um, the Mustang Mach-E had a, had a recall and it was pretty much because people uh, are flooring it, it looks like and step on the accelerator and it's causing problems and it looks like there's also a charging issue as well can you i want to expand on that any issues you're seeing with your mach e i have not had any issues of mine now this recall impacts the 2021 2022 models mine's a 23 so i do believe that that issue was corrected before mine was made but the issue that's at play is that the high voltage battery junction box just cannot handle the full power of that acceleration. So as you do with an electric vehicle, like your wife so eloquently pointed out, Brian, if you're not going to go fast, what's the point of it? That's the, probably the Mustang model, right? So it's a good thing they're getting that fixed, but I know there's been a lot of people that have been hit by that, uh, that, that air, and then they got to pull the car over and get it towed to Ford and get it fixed. But hopefully this will get it put behind us and, get everyone else back on the road. All right. I got to go back to the Cybertruck real quick. Um, just a few posts on social media that I just saw um, a few seconds ago was the Cybertruck has underwent Al Capone style bulletproof testing with a Tommy gun. And this is what um, Elon Musk has revealed on X, um, AKA former Twitter. And it shows a Cybertruck running on the highway with about 40 or 50 um, bullet holes in the side of this truck. I mean, it's ridiculous. Um, and I will pause it and show the gentleman on the call here so they can see it. This is what they're driving around. Okay. Or maybe it's just a disgruntled employee. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Um, that, that's always an option. Um, now here's my prediction and I, I don't like to even say this or guess at all, but, if they're showing that out there of a uh, Cybertruck riddled with bullet holes, they've already said that the uh, glass is not going to be bulletproof like they originally were planning with it. People are going to shoot these trucks just to see. I am guaranteeing this. Like, there's going to, it's not, not necessarily owners, but other people are going to do this crap. So, listener, it's a bad idea. Listener, go to our YouTube channel and subscribe because when Mike gets his truck, Tom and I are going to fly down to North Carolina and just. <laughs> shoot the crap out of it and see what happens no 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 that's not not what i'm saying i think there's going to be just random people will shoot the trucks that's what i'm saying i'm thinking to me this scares the crap out of me i think they're going to do stupid stuff with this thing if they're already promoting it like that i could see that they're testing it i don't know it's problematic to that lowest common denominator for sure yeah (laughs) yeah oh No. Tom, do you have any thoughts being former law enforcement here? I was just thinking about what gun are we going to shoot your truck with when we get it? I mean, we could bring the the two two three down. That'll probably punch through it. I'd, I'd be confident. But if it stopped the handgun round, that'd be cool. That's not what I was asking. <laughs> I'm still on this YouTube idea of us shooting your truck when you get it. I, I think know. this is one of Brian's best ideas. Right? If we shoot my truck, I'm shooting your Mustang Mach-E. That's all I'm saying. Well, my Mustang Mach-E isn't bulletproof. 
Well, that apparently wasn't either. If you look at the side of the cyber truck, there's holes riddled through that whole thing. It <laughs> didn't look very bulletproof to me. Uh, yeah. yeah no, I, I definitely could see that being like one of those TikTok trends where people start doing stuff. And I mean, I would hope common sense would prevail, but. I mean, if people are eating like Tide Pods, I mean, what's the difference here? I mean, like, I'm just saying. Yeah. I mean, listener, we want you to weigh in. Like, let's convince Mike to shoot his truck. Like, we want to hear from you. Like, let's 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 get like a groundswell going because I want to shoot his truck. <laughs> so I'll qu- tell a quick story. Uh, when I when I got my new tires on, the uh, the woman asked me how I liked the EV the, at the tire change place at Costco, and I said I loved it, of course. And she she made this comment to me. Well, it's gonna suck in three years when you have to get a new battery. Because it's battery placements on EVs are every three years. And I, I just smirked and said, well, you know, the Kia EV6 has actually a 10-year battery warranty. And there's, you know, there's a law basically out there that all manufacturers have to provide these warranties. And, and then obviously, you know, we've talked a lot in this podcast about battery degradation. But Tesla has a study out. Um, you know, I'll let Mike talk about it because he's had Teslas. But, like, long story short, it shows, like, battery degradation is not nearly as bad as people are thinking. And Tesla is the only manufacturer really that's had vehicles out there in mass that are, you know, 10 plus years old. Like there's some Nissan Leafs and some others out there, but Tesla is really the one that can like talk about this and have credibility. So Mike, what is, what is it showing? What are these studies showing? Yeah. Well, let's, let's kind of get the, the first elephant out of the room. So Nissan, Nissan Leafs, um, the original ones, they, they definitely did have some degradation issues. And I think let's kind of take those out because a lot of those vehicles are at 50% capacity and they've made a bunch of updates to them and there's um, it's, it's a well-known fact. And so they kind of worked around that issue, but Tesla, you're right. So I'll give you again, real quick in uh, background on my Tesla owning experience. I've got, I still have a Tesla Roadster. It's at this point, 13 years old has about 15% battery degradation after that time frame. It only has 12,000 miles, but it, a lot of degradation with the batteries, it's not only cycles, but it's also time. So um, that car has done very, very well. I've had Model S's, Model X's, a couple Y's, I've driven a ton of threes. So we've had hundreds of thousands of miles in Teslas over the years, not including some of the Rivian and newer uh, vehicles we've had. That being said, what this article is showing, and I can attest to this from everything I've seen um, owning these vehicles is Tesla saying they're about in their, this is their 2022 impact report, a 12% battery degradation after 200,000 miles. So that means 88% um, of the original capacity. And that's really looking, um, I mean, they've got really good telematics in how they're pulling that data. Um, And so I, one, I am sure that's accurate information and, Really, that's I think what we're seeing across the industry is that's that's about right. It hits about ten percent after two or three years, as far as degradation goes, and then it's really flatlined after that. Um, and two thousand miles, you know, obviously there's going to be a lot of supercharging in there. Um, I mean, these batteries are holding up really, really well. I think there's some something to be said for making sure the battery's in good condition, so it's not going to have a big failure. But as far as the degradation goes, overall know that it's going to have some and this is probably where you're going to end up but this whole thing about replacing them three years out you get two hundred thousand miles it's a big problem um and uh you know that's kind of it 
So I've been watching our Facebook groups, and as winter approaches, always this time of year, people are asking what they should do in the winter. We've covered this on previous topics, but I want to ask this question of you guys, because I think most EVs come with a recommendation to charge to 80%. Um, But then also it's cycle times, right? So it's number of charges. So what I'm adopting on my EV6, which I'd love to get your guys' input, if you think I'm stupid or if you think it's good, is if I charge to 90%, I just get that much more range where I can actually only charge it twice a week versus in the winter. If I only charge it to 80%, I have to charge it four times a week. I know that seems weird, but that's the way that my driving style, my math goes. And so I'm actually charging it to 90% and only charging it twice. And I'm actually getting rid of two charging cycles. And I don't also let it go below you know, 30% um, as well. So I'm going from 30 to 90 twice instead of 30 to 84. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Because that's that seems to make more sense for me. I'm eliminating two cycles a week, 52 weeks a year. I'm getting rid of 100 charging cycles. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, the traditional recommendation has always been ABC, always be charging and keeping it at a you know state level so that it's not a full cycle, right? It's a, really, it's a partial cycle. Um, I think it really has to do with the battery chemistry on that particular vehicle versus other ones out there. You know, as far as a you know, charging all the way down and going back up. To me, I would keep it at 80% and just keep it always plugged in. That's probably how I would do it rather than hitting top of the range because that puts more stress on the batteries from everything I've learned over the years. So even though you're going to be charging more, it's going to be for a lot less and put less strain on that battery because you're not hitting the top end. And for me, the Ford recommendations are to 90% and I just keep it plugged in all the time so that it charges to that. And then... The preconditioning works out a lot better, especially in that winter time. Like I love being able to set my departure time for 730 in the morning or at noon, whenever, whenever I, I know within reason that I'm going to be leaving the house again so that that car is always warm and ready to go and batteries topped off and all that good stuff we've talked about before. All right, gentlemen, thank you for taking the time to sit down for another conversation. And I look forward to talking to you again in a couple of weeks. Sounds good, guys. Bye, guys. See you. Thank you for listening to Plug In for More. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. In the meantime, check out the one-stop EV marketplace, EVUniverse.com. Until next time.